1: Welcome, everyone. Welcome. You are listening to Steel Talking. I'm your host, Geraldine Steele. It is what I love to do is to be with you on a Sunday night. We've been doing this for 22 years, almost 23, and it is quite remarkable how much I've learned from you, um, how much we have been through a whole lot together, and uh, it just blows my mind when I look back over the years. As we move forward, I'm really hoping that we can find a way to come back together. Of course, we just had Thanksgiving. And I know uh, last Sunday I was able to say Happy Thanksgiving to each of you and hoped it went well. And I'm curious to know, I'm going to open up the phone lines. And see if you can uh, either text us or call us and want to participate in this conversation, because I want to know, were there family members that came that were not fully vaccinated, um, did not want to wear a mask, but you demanded that they wear a mask? Did you care if they came and not everyone had on a mask or not everyone was, was fully vaccinated? I would love to know. Just give us a call at 651-461-9226. Again, that's 651-461-9226. Another question I'd like to add in on that subject. What would you do if right before some big event with your family or maybe there was a big concert you were going to go to or there was something big that was happening in your life and all of a sudden you started feeling sick? And you've got three days before the event happens and you start trying to find a place to go and and get a test you just keep searching keep searching can't find a place to go get the COVID test and you decide okay i'm gonna go see my doctor and maybe he can get this done for me and the next day you find out that you have it what would you do do you immediately call Uh, the powers that be, at whatever place you were supposed to be at, whatever event you were supposed to be at, and say, oh, my family and I can't come. Uh, I have COVID, and uh, so we want to do contact, uh, what do they call that, Jonathan, contact?
2: Contact tracing.
1: Tracing, that's it. Would you do that, or do you say to yourself, oh, I really wanted to go to that concert, so I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm not going to tell anybody. There are people actually like that. And I bring this up, Jonathan, because this happened with me. I wasn't feeling that well on Tuesday. No, Monday. Monday of this past week with Thanksgiving coming up. And I was singing with my sister and my niece and my featuring my brother Billy Steele in a smoking band at the Dakota. We had a blast. But I was determined to find out. I was determined to find out if I had anything, because it would have had to have been canceled. I don't want to share anything with someone. You know, if I have a cold or a snivel, anything. And so I went to go see my doctor. He got the test done and I found out on Wednesday morning that I was negative. And I was so excited about that. And someone asked me, you know, if you didn't know, like if you found out that you were positive, would you have still, would you just not tell anyone and get up on stage? And I'm like, no, I would not. How about you, Jonathan?
2: No, I, I, I wouldn't. I think this is. Again, you may want to say, "Oh, you're being way too overcautious, or way too wimpy, or or this or that," but I just think, again, with the way that this thing spreads, I'm trying not to take the chance of doing that. If I can, uh, I I was going to come down here a couple weeks ago to, uh, to I was, actually no, not a couple weeks ago. I know I, I had uh, last year I had gotten sick for a day, wanted to test and see whether I had COVID. And there was a snafu with the testing and getting all that set up. And I actually missed a weekend of work. I, I was supposed to work with you that weekend, and mm-hmm. I was supposed to work Saturday and Sunday here, and I missed a weekend of work because I just didn't know whether the test would come back positive or negative. I didn't have – right. uh, with the snafu, it didn't come back in time. So uh, I, I want to try to make this as safe as an environment as possible for people because, again – We're still in the learning phase of this virus and how it spreads, what it can do, who it affects more than others. And And now we got a new variant out there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But it really blows my mind because, you know, if you're banking on getting paid at work, right, Uh, let's say you want to go to work and you work at night and you want to go into the building and work and do your hours. And then you find out the day before you're supposed to be at work. Oh, my gosh, I am positive. I would think that there are people out there that say, oh, my God, I can't miss a day's work. I can't miss eight days of quarantining or 10 days of quarantining. I, Oh, my gosh, I'm not going to tell anybody. And that, that makes me very sad. To me, um, if, if I were to own um, a business by myself um, and I had workers that didn't feel comfortable to tell me if they had it, I sit and I wonder, oh, my God, can you imagine the fear if you are – you know, this is your the only money you will get during the holidays. That this is how you're going to be able to pay your bills, your your energy bills, and that sort of thing. It has to be a horrible feeling to get that positive um, from your doctor, and then you say, I, "I just don't want to tell anybody. I just can't tell anybody."
2: I can't I imagine. To to I I can't imagine that that I, I I'm very lucky and very fortunate that this. Job right now is a part-time job, and my full-time job. We are working from home, so even if I would have gotten sick and had to quarantine, I still could work because I would be working from home. And exactly, so, and so and a lot of people I, are
1: blessed to do that, but not everyone. And,
2: and sure. I know that's what I'm saying. I I I don't know what i would do or if if i was put in that situation how i would handle it it's it's a horrible situation for a lot of people in this country and because again like you said not only people that need to go to work because of the holidays but people that need to go to work because they need to keep the lights on they need to yeah, pay the, bills the mortgage are due. The, the, the rent bills is are due, due.
1: Yes. And, and and in knowing that, there ought to be something in place to let people know it's okay to tell us the truth. We want to protect other people. So tell your truth, but we will help you in some way. And I don't know if that has ever been discussed. Maybe there are companies who actually do that. Tell us if you have it, because if you do, then let us help you. Um, all I know is I had that decision to make, and I decided to get the test as quickly as possible. I couldn't find a test anywhere, anywhere in St. Paul. Minneapolis, Bloomington I went to, uh, I looked in St. Cloud, I looked um, east uh, into Wisconsin Hudson, Wisconsin, I checked so many places to go get the PCR test and it was so frustrating, everything every uh, appointment was just packed and I decided to go to my doctor and say okay I need this test desperately because I'm supposed to perform um, downtown On Thursday. So I just waited, and it happened the next morning when they called me. And I was so grateful. I'm telling you, like I wanted to fall to my knees and just give thanks because it was negative. But I did immediately start thinking about those who could be in that same situation where they're supposed to go to work and all of a sudden find out that they're positive. Would they be willing to tell? Would they be okay telling it? So we're going to open up the phone lines. If any one of you would like to tell us what you're thinking or how you would handle a situation like that, give us a call. Or you can text us at 651 461 9226. Again, that's 651-461-9226 to let us know what you feel about that. As we're waiting for some of those calls, I want to mention that the Vikings lost today. I know many of you know this already. Um, they lost to the 49ers, um, 34-26. to And even though we lost, um, the Vikings has been doing okay in the last, what, three games now, Jonathan?
2: Yeah, coming back from the bye, they've, they've done okay they've they've been competitive in almost every game this year and they had a couple of chances late to drive for the tying score they had a fourth and goal inside the 10 uh, couldn't connect on a pass to get into the end zone that was about eight minutes to play in the fourth quarter and then they got it back with about a minute 50 to go no timeouts so they had to drive down the field and unfortunately they uh they couldn't convert on a fourth down and 10 when they got into San Francisco territory. So mm. a couple of chances late, just couldn't come up with it. But they're, they're fighting. They're, they're in every game. It's just they haven't gotten all the breaks this year.
1: Not all the breaks, but we're still young. So, you know, we've got some time. We've got some time to catch up. Also, Timberwolves host Indiana tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. on WCCO Radio, so don't forget. Now, I do want to talk a bit about... Small business Monday, which is happening tomorrow. We had cyber um, no, no, I'm sorry, uh, Cyber Monday is tomorrow. Small business Saturday was just this past Saturday, and of course, uh, Black Friday was on Friday. And um, I saw a lot of cars at a lot of stores, strip malls, big malls, you know, I just kind of drove around to see what it would look like. Did you go shopping at all, or did you stay away, Jonathan?
2: Uh, that would be a big fat no. <laughs> yeah, I
1: kinda thought so. I, I will uh, but- share
2: I will share a quick story on my last venture out for Black Friday, which I believe was three years ago. It was either two thousand seventeen mm-hmm. or two thousand eighteen. Um, I was not going out to shop for other folks. I went out to shop for myself to get a you know, a couple of shirts to get a couple nice dress dressier shirts. Mm-hmm. And I went over to the local Kohl's. And so this Kohl's, it's, it's pretty buzzing, but it's around noon. So I'd mm-hmm. wait noon on Black Friday. I didn't go at like 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. So I get my shirts. I, I tried a couple on. Finally decide, okay, these are the shirts I'm going to get. I'm going to get in line. And there's, of course, six, seven uh, tellers at the, at the cashier stand. So I go, and I, the line goes beyond the cashier's. Okay, fine. It's Black Friday. I understand that. Goes back, and then the, the line continues back all the way to the back of the store. Oh, okay. That's a pretty long line. Turns the corner, goes all the way over to the other <laughs> side of the store. And this isn't a big store, but it's still.
1: It, oh, it's a big store. I it's know It's big enough. Store. Yeah.
2: And I so store. I, I get to the back of the line. I, I think I ended up waiting about 45 minutes to get okay. to, the, uh, to the front of the line.
1: But Black Friday, that's not bad.
2: But again, I'm not talking Black Friday at at 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. when the the big uh, discounts are still. I'm talking noon. I'm thinking all these people got their stuff out the way. I'm good to go. No, you're not good to go. You're not good to go (laughs) until the next day. You're not good to go until Saturday.
1: I have not shopped on Black Friday in years when my children were smaller, like, Early teenage years, 13, between 13 and 17, you know, we would go out to the Mall of America. It was just kind of our thing to do on Black Friday. And it was always so crowded. You'd have to drive around, drive around, drive around to get a spot. But we were excited about it. We were doing this together and we had a blast. But the older they got and the older I got, no, babies, you are on your own. I'm not going to Black Friday. Now, that's just my choice. Do I want the stores to make money? Absolutely. You know, do I want people to have a good time? Absolutely. But I am not the one. You know, where I am today in life, I'm just not that girl. So (laughs) I enjoy watching it uh, when the news, you know, present a few videos of what they're seeing at some of those stores. But I didn't read or hear about anyone trampling people or fighting over products. Did you? I didn't read about that.
2: I didn't hear anything locally, but I I I thought I might have heard from one of the family members that there was something uh, there was like a fight that broke out over something. I can't remember what, what they saw, but I'd have to look go back and look at it.
1: Yeah, go back and look it. I wouldn't be surprised.
2: And again, this is pent up energy. We missed a Black Friday last year. This is pent up energy from a year of not having that experience. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if there was some, some fisticuffs going on.
1: Oh, I hope not. We are we are better than that. Hey, we've got Gary from Brooklyn Park about calling in about Thanksgiving. Hey Gary. Hey, how you doing Jalen? i'm doing all right man how you doing
3: i'm doing just fine you okay. know and, and my comment about the thanksgiving is that i feel that this year in particular because of everything that's happened we needed this thanksgiving and christmas for to have some sort of uh thing to celebrate and when you were talking about if you would have people come to your place if you felt that you were sick, and I know you had mentioned about having your test done. Yep. If I felt that I was sick at all or not feeling good at all or even with a cold or anything, I would call people and tell them to let them know. I wouldn't hold back on, on guessing on something
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Here's the thing. For me, I knew it was either allergies or something worse. And so I decided to go and get tested. And that's exactly what it was, was allergies. I didn't have anything else. And I'm so grateful. But it could have been the other way around. And if it had been, like you said, you would call everyone. Right. It is the absolute right thing to do. But a lot of people don't do it.
3: <laughs> Seriously, I one other question for you, Jalen. Have you heard when WCCO is going to have "It's Wonderful Life" on on radio again from the St. Paul Hotel?
1: I, you know, I was just at the St. Paul Hotel uh, restaurant just just a couple nights ago, or three or four nights ago, something like that. Jonathan, do you know if we're doing that again this year?
2: I believe we are. I don't. Uh, we have not received the email on what night that's going to be happening. We usually do get notification. Um, beforehand, and it's usually going to be somewhere closer to the Christmas holiday. It might be like the Saturday before or a couple of Saturdays before, so... I would I would assume that, but we have not heard official word on if and when that's happening yet.
1: No, nope, not yet. And, of course, without Dave Lee here, you know, he's kind of been the the, the main face of it all. I'm just curious to know if it's going to happen. So we will well, let you know, Gary. Well, we'll announce it here on CCO if it happens. Very
3: really, really wonderful. And, Jalen, I just want to congratulate you on your 22 years and starting your 23rd. Keep it up.
1: Thank you so much, Gary. Take care of you, man. <laughs> Take care. <laughs> Bye now.
2: Bye-bye. Yeah, Actually, I Gerilyn, uh yeah. I will say this. Um, I believe that Dave Lee was part of it, but they did—they have had uh, other people that have done this stuff over the years, like uh, mm-hmm. John Williams, and yep. I believe last year was Corey Heppler. So I believe they will have Corey po potentially doing that role uh, where he's introducing the piece and then doing that short stint, uh, in the first act i don't know who would do the interviews uh, prior to but mm-hmm. we'll see about that i know uh doc lynch was was big into that as well but i i think that we still have that partnership going on again we'll let you know when we find out about it
1: yeah and just you know let's not forget our own uh, don shelby who was on WCCO TV and then came on over to radio. So he also has an incredible voice and um, he's been through a lot and I hear he's doing really well. So uh, we have the talent here at WCCO. So I do hope that they'll do it this year for sure. We'll We'll get a notice on that and let you know when that's going to happen for sure.
0: Okay, another
1: thing I wanted to talk about is that it's Hanukkah starting tonight. So happy Hanukkah, especially to my to-be son-in-law, Joey, if you're listening all the way out in California. Oh my gosh, happy Hanukkah, honey, celebrate it well. Um, Also, I wanted to talk about everything that's been in the news that's driving us nuts. You know, the things that scare us or the things that overwhelm us um, we constantly hear bad news, and you remember, and i 've said this before on the show, we used to have a station that that would only do um the good news, and it was not a success. however, our own uh Laura Oaks uh has a show. Do you know the name of that show jonathan i i 'm missing it i right believe
2: now. it's it 's uh simply uh strictly laura 's good news,
1: yep. Laura's good news. And if you get a chance to listen to that, the podcast of that, or listen to it live, um, whatever you can do to get that, to get all of that good news in, please do. Um, Because it really is quite remarkable what she's doing. And I'm hoping that people are receiving it. Now, I don't know about you, Jonathan. I don't care what time of day I am watching television. Um, you know and i'm I'm going through the regular channels okay I'm talking about channels two four five, and nine, eleven, and then I go to h g t v and you know um b e t sometimes and i just you know hallmark i it, it's simple for me i don't i don't watch a lot of channels and streaming and all of that, but I will say that either early morning or late at night it doesn't matter there are always commercials about Fighting and killing and torturing, and it's just everywhere. It drives me nuts.
2: What commercials it, are you watching? I am
1: telling you. I'm talking about commercials for new shows coming out, a new movie coming out. It's just oh. everywhere. I don't care what time it is. Um, it could be your children getting up at 7 o'clock in the morning and playing in the kitchen, and if you have a TV on in the kitchen, trust me, something about zombies or you know, ghosts, and it's just crazy to me. I don't understand it. It almost feels almost because I haven't been able to count enough to find out if it's more of that or is it more of the good stuff, the happy uh, stuff.
2: I would think that it'd be more of the lighter fare. You think? Um, I I don't. I, you said like movies and. Promos, for television, pro- yeah, promos television for television shows, shows yeah. or, or, yep. or news shows. There might be one or two per spot break, but I would think that that would be maybe a third of that full break or a quarter of that full break. I don't think they're doing it over and over and over and over again. I mean, you got the Geico people, the progressive people, the
1: Mm-mm.
2: you know, you got all this Mm-mm. stuff for. The, the, t- the restaurants, you know, fast food places. I
1: No, no, I challenge you to watch. Early morning, late at night. Those are the two times that I say look for uh, them and just start counting them. You don't even have to watch the whole commercial, the whole ad. Just count how many of them you see within an hour, within an hour or within three hours.
2: Again, I, I, I know that they're there. I know what you're talking about. I just don't think they're at a high, as high of a rate as you're you thinking.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've counted, I've watched, and I've cried tears because I'm trying to figure out why is this so prevalent? We know that children get up early in the morning. Why would anyone want to put something on television, right, at 8 o'clock in the morning that children can access if the parent is not there, if the parent's in the shower or something like that, they, you know, accidentally fall upon it or whatever it is. It's like, why do you have that? I remember years ago when you couldn't have that kind of stuff on at a certain time, right? So it's not like you can't go to uh, a show like PBS and watch some of their cartoons with your children. It's there, but if they're there in the wait, morning wait, with your it's, family, it's, it's,
2: it's where PBS.
1: Yeah, PBS.
2: No, 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 no. I, I definitely have to. to PBS doesn't have commercials.
1: Isn't well? I'm just telling you. I'm telling the parents you can go and watch that 24 seven PBS. But what I'm saying to you is that the children that are up at seven in the morning or eight o'clock in the morning watching television, if they happen upon these other channels, these other stations, all of a sudden they're going to see, they're possibly, very possibly going to see something that could seriously bother them, that could scare them for months.
2: I don't know if if you can do a quote unquote blackout of those spots during certain times of the day. I don't know if that uh, looking back on what you had back in, I guess, in the, the early to mid 70s with the family hour when that mm-hmm. was around, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you can necessarily block off, completely block off those type of commercials from, let's say, before 9 a.m. or after 9, after 7 p.m., something like that, or 7 to 10 p.m. or. Have it where you can't play it until it's late late night or it's overnight. I I don't know if that's gonna fly anymore.
1: Well, do you have regular television? Are you cabled or are you? I, streaming? I have a
2: stream. I have streaming services, but I have exactly. YouTube TV, which has live TV, which will play quite a few of the commercials. They have their own commercials that they slide in there as well, mm-hmm. but uh, they play f- quite a few commercials from regular broadcast.
1: Okay. Well, I encourage you to, you know, find someone who has cable. <laughs> you know, and young people don't have as, a lot of them disconnected a long time ago. But if you can find someone, or just stop into Best Buy and watch some of the TVs that are on and start looking at the commercials, I think they, you'll be they surprised. They usually don't
2: have live TV. They usually have recorded stuff on those TVs. Oh,
1: do they? Yeah. You sure or like movies.
2: That? Yeah, they, they may have like movies that are on or may show highlights from a, a, of sporting events or stuff like that. They're usually not tuned in like they used to be, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not tuned into the live television as much. Not at the Best Buys and those other stores, uh, targets and whatnot.
1: Well, I know we're going to take a break because we're going to have weather in just a moment. It is now 735 here at WCCO. You remember 2020, right? You remember when companies wanted to forget 2020, when they were trying to move back into their spaces they were leasing or or owned in these corporations, and now they want to forget 2021. Why? A new variant will only add to the chaos of getting workers to come back to the office in a safe way. A safe way. Hmm. What would that look like? So how are they balancing face-to-face contact with virtual contact, and how are they dealing with mass resignations during the big quit era? Well, let's bring in Kelly Leiker, an adjunct professor at the University of St. Thomas School of Business and owner of her own consulting firm that coaches executives and companies large and small. Welcome, Professor Kelly. How are you?
4: I'm well. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me.
1: It's great to have you. Um, here's the thing. When we heard about the, the big resignation, initially we thought, this is not going to last. I'm sure that these um, employees are going to come back. They're going to find better jobs. They're, you know, they're still going to be working, and we don't have to worry about it. But it hasn't panned out that way, has it?
4: No, it really hasn't. It's, it's been a tricky situation for a lot of organizations.
1: So if that's the case, and we know that this big resignation is still going on, what can be done to bring us all back together to bring people back into the corporations, to bring them back into the offices? Um, how are the corporations offering, what are they offering them? How are they dealing with those uh, former, um, former employees that they're trying to seduce back into the, in, back into the building?
4: It's a, it's a great question, Dylan. And I think it's the right question to ask, because when you think about, if you don't mind for a moment, stepping back and think, but why are we here? Right? There in essence, two causes that got us in this situation. The first one is really the burnout. You know, like you said, two years ago, COVID came and people were startled and immediately put into their home and they were put into spaces with their kids and children and pets and no place to work. And, and it was a lot, right? And that actually relates to some research I've done around this idea of this 8515, right? So you think about yourself and your normal, 85% of what you do all the time is what you're used to, right? So you're an actress and a singer, you have a full life, but that's what you're used to. That's normal for you. If you have kids, pets, normal, right? The 15% is usually what we use to learn new things, right? To handle the good things, the hard things, learn a new language, whatever it might be. Well, when COVID came, it took at least that 15%, if not 30, right? (laughs) So here we were, overwhelmed stressed out. And what happened that's interesting is that over time we adjust. So people got used to 85-15. They got used to that 85% of working at home, figuring out how to have an office, figuring out how to get their kids to do their work, getting them back to school. And so they kind of felt like they had it figured out. So when organizations said, hey, you know what? We want you back in the office. A lot of them really struggle with this concept of lack of autonomy, right? So intrinsically, we're motivated by three main things, the need to feel competent, the need to have autonomy, and to be related to a mission or whatever values that might be. And so an organization said, hey, oh boy, we are feeling an issue of its relatedness. You're all virtual. We need you back in the office. But the challenge is for those who are already used to working at home and liking it and in a group, the autonomy part really got in the way. So it's not unlike if you have a you know, teenager who gets their license, they're out driving for a year, they're doing great, and you're like, gee, you know what, I think I'm just going to start driving you around and taking your license away. It didn't really send the right message.
1: Right. And here's the thing for me. Um, a lot of young people uh, were burned out, absolutely burned out, and they just said, you know what, we're sick of it. Whatever it was we were doing, we don't want to do anymore. How do you right. seduce them back? How do you bring them back into the building, bring them back uh, in and, and say, we really need you here we want you here please come back we're going to offer you more money none of that seems to be working so now what do
4: we do right and you're absolutely right the money is the issue as we we're talking about the intrinsic motivation of feeling competent and autonomy and relatedness we really actually need to fix the autonomy thing first and then we can fix the burnout so if you think about the idea of Let's say taking a college course, right? As a, as a professor, when someone comes into my class, they look at the syllabus, and the very first thing they look at is, how do I get an A, right? What, what, right. <laughs> what are you measuring? Mm-hmm. And the same thing happens in the workplace. And I think, to be honest, you know, as I've worked with a lot of organizations, many of them struggle with being clear on what is an outcome-based work environment. How do my workers get an A? How do they know they're successful? And the younger generation is very, very motivated by the need to feel competent and to have the autonomy to do that. So we as companies and leaders can really do our work on focusing on what is the outcome we're looking for. What does A-plus work look like? How can we make sure you're successful? And if we're clear on that, that's very attractive to workers. And then to be able to say, hmm, okay, you know what great work looks like? We don't care if you do it at six in the morning, 10 at night, if you do it at home, in the office, We want to make sure that great work is being done to help our organization move forward. And that's a really strong proposition for a lot of workers these days.
1: So do we have the support of the executives, managers, uh, organizational management, where they are absolutely making sure that young people can answer those questions, that they're getting the answers to the questions you just presented?
4: Well, I I do think it's a lot of them are struggling, right? It's some organizations were doing a bit of this before COVID and if they were, They've gotten better. Um, some organizations weren't great at it, and they really used a you know eight to five, nine to five clock and very concrete solutions about you know get this work done by this date, and then we'll like you. Well, that doesn't really work anymore. And the bigger challenge is that when people are coming back into the workplace and they're still suffering from some of that burnout, kind of a forgive the language, but like it's like a COVID hangover. People are coming in kind of groggy and tired, and so as organizations. And leaders can stop and say, hey, hold on, let's figure out what to just focus on and simplify what we're focusing on outcome-wise, chunk things down, give you more space to do the right work and important work. Then we're going to give people more chance to breathe, to be able to be more creative, to be more innovative, and that will help the organization do well. But it also energizes the employees so they get to that confidence feeling and And So it is hard work, but I think a lot of great HR teams help, a lot of internal teams help. I, I work with companies doing it, and it's it's pretty fun once they get it organized. They kind of think, "Gosh, why didn't I do this sooner?" <laughs>
1: Yeah, but we've been trained. We've been trained to do it the way, um, you know, trying to have the autonomy. And when it comes to burnout, you say let people focus on just a few important things and let other items fall by the wayside. Oh, my gosh, I have never heard in a corporation let it fall by the wayside (laughs) ever. So how in the world do we incorporate that into who we are today?
4: Yeah, that, that's really, it's really fair. I, um, I probably shouldn't say this on the radio, but I do have a little bit of a cheat sheet on that. I, I tend to see that it's actually usually employee-driven, believe it or not. I think at the end of the day, companies want great work to be done, but it's hard for them to say, and I've seen some organizations do it. They're large ones that do it. They say, hey, no meetings on Fridays. Let's say no to some meetings. A lot of companies in the Twin Cities do a great job with that. But I think intrinsically when a person says, hey, i looked at my schedule, I've looked at my work, and based on your mission, here are the five things I think that will really make a difference. I recommend to employees to go to their leadership and say, hey, I'm giving you multiple choice, two items. I would say give multiple choice, not just one, To say I can work on these five things or these six things. Which do you think are more important? And if you give an A and a B, a leader above you will say, oh, I actually like B, or, you know, a little bit of A and B. But either way, the employee then is driving that. The employee is has the chance to own their own future. And regardless of the choice the leader picks, they're liking both. <laughs> if I'm giving you two an A and a B and I like them both, I'm happy, I'm happy whichever one you pick. And it gives the leader a chance to have some autonomy to say what they want and be, feel competent, but it gives the employee a chance to really drive their own future with that autonomy. And I've seen that work really, really well. Everyone wins the end actually.
1: You know, here's the thing. I. I'm very clear from what you're saying on what the employer wants. What I'm not clear on is where the employees stand. The frustration of it all over this two year um, Mm -hmm. difficulty, this pandemic has changed us so much. It changes what we want for our lives, for our families. Mm -hmm. It changes where we want to work. What type of work do we want to do? What type of work is meaningful? This is what people are thinking more
4: about that I talk to. Absolutely. Where do you stand? Absolutely. And I, yeah. No. You're you're absolutely right. And that's where I think organizations that haven't figured out the intrinsic motivation piece have really struggled. They're the ones who have lost the most in the Great Resignation because there was a time when the extrinsic motivation of carrot and the stick and money and pay and bonuses or you know getting in trouble for, with your performance that was enough. But it isn't enough now. And so even if you have an organization that doesn't have super fancy fun really work, right? I have companies that say, well, my, my business isn't super exciting to an outside person. There still are so many organizations that have worked through that by really focusing on the intrinsic motivation. So that relatedness piece is huge there, right? That's where the cor- corporate culture comes in. That's where how people relate to each other, how they connect with the impact of the work they do, making a difference in the lives of customers and of people in our world. That's really important to focus on. And regardless of how concrete or fancy or fun, your businesses, if every company can do that. And then employees will be much more drawn to come work with you and stay.
1: I, you know, it makes sense to me. It's just that I have to tell you, Kelly, this is a new day. We are not the same. Mm -hmm. We were in 2019. We're just not the same people. Our hearts, our minds, every piece of us, every part of us seems to be, um, Let's just say we are evolving. As yes. workers, we are evolving as leaders, we are evolving. And this evolving, do you think that it's connecting well?
4: Well, I think there's certainly a lag. <laughs> just like on any spectrum, right? You you start on one end and you swing the other way. And so companies went through everyone being at home to everyone coming back into the work and place and saying it's required and and I think that's that's failing. I've worked with a number of HR people. and They say, you know what, we're worried about being consistent. We have to require people to come in. And I say, that is a huge mistake. It will You will lose more than you will win. And so you're right. Companies are tra- figuring it out kind of trial by error. But if you can figure out how to help people connect with what they need, like you just said, Jerilyn, people want their, their lives needs to be met. So if they have little kids and they figured out how to get their work done to get the kids off to school because they did that during COVID and now that works for them as part of their 85% normal, let them keep it. Don't take those things away and put them back into a stressful situation because they've learned like, hey, I can get it done without being stressed. Now you're making me stressed. That's why they're leaving. So companies can just relax a little bit. <laughs> they really, if they just think about each individual person needs. It really does make a difference. And I have seen many companies make that switch, and it's working. It's just not as prevalent as you and I would like to see yet.
1: Well, I'm looking forward to seeing what the model will look like in the future. And I'm talking about the future, like – January, February of 2022. <laughs> we need to see, uh, we, we do. We need a new model. We need to see how it's going to work. Yeah. We need to understand exactly what our leaders are asking us to do. Are they just asking us to do something rote? Uh, are they asking us to just put out, put out, and put out without us receiving more input on how to be yeah. our best selves in a pandemic? And I don't know how long this is going to last. How long do you think we will be considering this uh, um, over and over and over again? I'm sure they are going to be many changes in some of the statements even you've made tonight um that we may receive today but maybe in three months we'll go wait a minute we got to rethink that
4: right well you're absolutely right it is it is constantly evolving and there isn't a long period of time where we have to where we can afford to not stop and iterate on this we've got to be having conversations with our people with our leadership and keeping it really open and fluid about let's get to the right outcomes because the way we get there will change if If a variant comes back up, we're gonna, you know, adjust and adjust, and that's how our lives are right now. But we can always be focused on the outcomes for our organization of what we wanna do to change the world, make things better, whatever our mission is of our organization. And as leaders, to continue that conversation and connect with your employees, that works. And I think from an employee perspective, to be able to hear from your company, We're going to let you have flexibility on how you help us get there because we value you. You're smart. You're a part of our culture. You're part of the intelligence that makes us great. So it's really about iterating and keeping that conversation open. And I certainly hope 2022 gives us a lot more of that.
1: Well, I tell you, when you start talking about culture, this is what we're looking for. Culture, to me, um, adds to your life. Um, The culture can be so positive and so uplifting and, you know, when you go into a business, I just went to a nail shop recently in St. Paul. I live in Minneapolis. And I have to tell you, for the first time I've ever been in a nail shop to get my feet and hands done, there was nothing but joy. It was my second time coming. And every time they are laughing and enjoying life and telling their stories, whether you can understand their language or not, they would speak in both languages, trying to make sure everyone hears the story. And you're laughing hysterically. And Mm -hmm. I thought to myself, this is why I walk through this door, because I know I'm going to sit down and receive some joy. And if we walk right. out with that joy, then we can share a little bit with each other, walking next to them. You you know how it does. Joy just kind of jumps mm. all over the place. So that's what that's I'm looking right. for with work as well. A lot of us are looking for us to have fun again. So in all that you've okay. talked about tonight, when it comes to burnout or autonomy, the solution, um, where do you see us going in the next five years? I know you said that the changes will be made as they need to be made but where do you really see, because these young people, there are generations of young people that are going, nope, don't want that.
4: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's funny. I, I, I don't know, if, well, I'm sure you probably remember, but back when people started talking about the gig economy, back when there were more consultants and have people going out on their own and that was a real big spurt. I think what that did back then was mm-hmm. get people to think about what do I bring and how do I own my own self and my own future to bring my gifts to the table. And I really envision a version of that. I think people will still be employees, but I think the more awareness and clarity each individual gets about who they are and what they bring, it's richer. It's richer just than the menu approach to jobs where you open up the newspaper, which doesn't exist, right? Or, or LinkedIn or whatever people look up, indeed you'd say it, it, and they look for a job. That's going away. People have to be able to say, Here's who I am, here's my idea of a great time, and I'd like to give it to someone who wants it. And then I think companies will do a better job of saying, wow, you got a little bit of everything. Let's figure out how to make all that work. That's where I would love to see it go. And I think there's a chance.
1: Well, I hope you're right, because, boy, um, our brain trust is getting a little smaller (laughs) Because people are trying to find their way as to where where am I going to deliver my brain trust? Who deserves to have my brain trust? And I don't care if you're 21 or 51. The bottom line Mm -hmm. is we are now individually making the decisions for ourselves in this incredible time we're living in.
4: So I hope I can have
1: you back on, Kelly, to get an update on how all of this is unfolding in the corporations. I look forward to having you back.
4: Oh, I would love that. Thank you so much for having me. It's it's a great conversation, and thanks for bringing it to to the audience just to start thinking about. Great
1: to have you join us. Thank you so much.
4: Thank you. Have a great night. Now, that
1: was Kelly Liker. She is an adjunct professor at the University of St. Thomas, St. Thomas School of Business, and owner of her own consulting firm that coaches executives and companies large and small. We've been hearing this kind of um, language many times over the years and these last two years with this pandemic it's a whole nother thing we are searching as humans as Um, the beings who are overseeing this planet, we are searching for the next thing that we're supposed to do. And that could be something different for every one of us. But the way it was in 2018 or 2019 is not who we are today. Whether we wanted it to remain the same or not, that is the bottom line and it is part of our truth. And whether or not we like it, we have to deal with it. So as corporations are working very hard to figure it all out, and each of us individually are trying to figure it out, there is so much need. There are families who need daycare. They need great daycare providers that are not gonna take every dime they make. They need people to help. They need to be able to reach out and and say, I need to get to know you. I I need your help. And maybe there's something I can do for you. Let's share um, collectively what we know and then start making some decisions. Get the information you need in order for you to stay stable as a family, stable as a neighborhood and community, and to make sure that you still have love and family to lean on and to support, not just you, but to you also to lean on or give your opportunity to help your family as well, and others. We're gonna take a break, we'll be back in a moment.